It's all over. 46-14, the final score. The BC Lions over the Edmonton Elks here in Vancouver. The Lions improved their record to 6-1. The Elks dropped to 2-6. and six. They came out and did what they had to do to win the game. Um, they kicked their ass pretty much. So, I mean, we just have to believe in ourselves as a team. We have to have each other's back and... When things seem like that, you know, our backs are against the wall and, you know, we can't really get things going, man. Guys just got to dig that much more deep and do their job and, you know, just compete. Because, honestly, tonight was embarrassing. Uh, the Lions did everything that they could to win and hats off to them. Some throws to the back of the end zone. Touchdown, B.C. Rourke, he'll set up, he'll throw. Touchdown, D.C. Long throw downfield to a man absolutely wide open. Lucky Whitehead races to the end zone. Touchdown, B.C. Fourth touchdown pass of the game for Nathan Rourke. From the 20-yard line, Rourke drops back. He wants to go to the end zone again. It does, and it's caught. Is it inbounds? Yes, another touchdown for the B.C. Lions. Rourke's going to pass as he drops back. Looks, dances. Now he's going to have to take off himself. He's got a lane to the end zone, and as he hit the five-yard line, about four offensive linemen put their arms in the air to signal touchdown because they knew he was going to get there. He's got five in the air. He's got one on the ground now. Chris Jones does join us from just outside the Alex dressing room. Chris, uh, first off, I guess it just seemed you guys had no answer for, for Nathan Rourke tonight. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, that's about as good a performance as I've ever seen a quarterback. I mean, he's... You know, he's very athletic, number one. He's calm in the pocket. He can run. He can move around to throw the ball. And, uh, and, and again, when he does throw it, he's about as accurate as, uh, as anybody I've ever seen in this league. Uh, talk about the other side of the football offensively, you guys. I thought you kind of survived a, a, a nervous, shaky start with, the, with a couple of fumbles early. Got the touchdown. Taylor Cornelius was talking with us earlier, and he just said, we just seemed, we didn't get any momentum off the touchdown when we tied it at seven. Yeah, you know what? Uh, we just we just didn't seem to ever ever have that second and third play. You know, we would make a play, and and then uh, we would shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, on second down or, or get behind the sticks a few times and, and put us in situations that were manageable. And then when he moves around, which, again, it's inevitable that a quarterback's going to have to move around, he's going to have to find his check down throw and give that guy a manageable throw to, uh, to you know, catch and run. And that would extend some drives. And so we've got a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, we've got high character in our room, like I've said before. And these guys are going to continue to work. They're going to continue to scratch. And, and we're going to get there. You had a win in Montreal. You came back. You played pretty well against a, a real good Winnipeg team. How frustrating is it for you to, to have this kind of performance and this kind of a, a, a step back, I guess, a little bit uh, after a bye week when you when you come into BC like yeah, this? Yeah, you know what? We had a lot of people healthy, and we felt really good. I mean, we had an excellent week of practice. Uh, in fact, we had, you know, three really solid days of, uh, of work and then a couple of polished days to, to get ready. And, uh, you know, again, you've got to give them credit. I mean, uh, they they made the football plays to win the game. I thought we did a decent job stopping their run early, uh, which made them go to their pass game. But at the same time, I mean, he uh, he did nothing but uh, throw accurate passes for the entire game. Chris, uh, obviously a similar result here in week one. Uh, now it's week nine going into week ten. Do you react any differently 
from you know going into next week's game compared to you know week one of the season? Well, I mean, a lot of people are going to be you know naysayers are going to all be out there. You know, oh God, you know, sky's falling, and uh, each team, each game is uh, its own yeah. entity, just like you know with the Winnipeg, uh, the Winnipeg game, and you know we had every opportunity to to win a Calgary game on the road. I mean, we've got to finish those tight games, and then we've got to figure out when things go bad, like early in the game here, how do we how do we respond? And uh, that's the thing that uh, that I've got to try to figure out is how to get them past you know an early mistake because it's inevitable that you're going to make an early mistake and you got to weather it and uh, and be strong and you do weather it and you get some momentum you get a touchdown and it's almost like this team has to find a way to reward themselves further instead of you know kind of what happened which was a, a tremendous run uh, of offense from the bc lions in that first to, to second quarter yeah they they played really good football in the second quarter and again we tried to man them up and their guys made plays for him i mean he threw very catchable balls where only his guys could uh, could come down with it and uh, we've got to we've got to do a better job in man uh, and at the same time I've got to mix up the mix up the calls for them and uh, and get them closer to the receivers when we're in zone but again they're a good football team the only team that's beat them is Winnipeg uh, and so you've got to give them all the credit in the world you know I mean Rick's done a nice job assembling a football team uh, and and now we've just got to continue to uh, to strive to, to get to uh, to the level of some of these teams like Winnipeg, Calgary, and BC. I mean, they, they're good football teams. You turn the page now for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders next week. Obviously, a check of the standings tells you that's a pretty important football game moving ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, you've got you've to look at it. And, you know, we've got to compare records and know that, that we had every opportunity to win that game also at home and ended up uh, shooting ourselves in the foot in the fourth quarter to end up losing the football game. But they're a very good football team as well. They should be rested coming off of a bye, so we've got to be smart and get it get them back and uh, look at the things that we did well and look at the things that we didn't do well and uh, and improve and uh, again each each week we've just got to start start winning games you know we've got to just uh, look at it like a one game season one game season got to start winning games yes indeed that is the head coach and general manager of the Edmonton Elks Chris Jones joining myself and Dave Campbell post game in Vancouver after the Elks lost 46-14 to the BC Lions uh, you know, bad start with the fumbles, as we talked about. They seemed to regroup. They got it back to tied at seven, but then Nathan Rourke just went to work. And, man, what a special kid this guy is turning out to be. Uh, just a tremendous quarterback. Uh, he's not he, – we can stop calling him a Canadian quarterback. I think we can just call him a quarterback because he's a really good one uh, right now. What a night he had. Five touchdown passes in the air. Ran for one himself. Threw for, what, 477 yards. He's got the BC Lions uh, off to a terrific start and are obviously one of the teams to beat now in the CFL's West. If the Elks are going to make the playoffs, they got to get hot. they got to start to make a push. I thought the push was coming going into the game on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit later on tonight with Dave Campbell about that. I thought the push was coming, but it was not there for them and, uh, against the BC Lions on Saturday night. But they've got a big one coming up this Saturday against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, the Riders are 4-4. Four and four. They're uh, two wins, four points ahead of the Elks. If the Elks are going to make the playoffs, the first team they're going to have to catch is Saskatchewan. They've got two games left with Saskatchewan, so they can look after some of their own business, but they have to start to string something together. This will mark make the halfway mark of the season. It'll be the ninth game of the year for the Elks, so they have to start to put things together because it's no longer early, uh, and they have to start to win. Uh, they have... Uh, 
I don't want to say an easy schedule because the Elks only have two wins uh, right now, but um, they have Saskatchewan coming up and then a home-and-home set with the Ottawa Red Blacks. So if you're going to get better and you're going to get on a roll, this is the time it's going to happen. Uh, After those games with Ottawa, of course, it's the Labor Day series against the Calgary Stampeders, which will not be easy. Coming up uh, later on tonight on the program, as I mentioned, we'll talk with Dave Campbell a little bit going back to uh, Saturday night and looking ahead to this coming Saturday. We'll also look ahead from a Saskatchewan perspective and we'll check in with uh, Murray McCormick of the Regina Leader Post, the uh, longtime beat writer covering the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's uh, coming up uh, after we take the break. Riders are here on Saturday. It'll be an 8 o'clock start on Saturday. Late game. Two games on Saturday. Uh, the first one will be BC at Calgary. That's the early game. Uh, then the Riders and Elks will wrap up the week. Uh, Montreal's at Winnipeg to start the week on Thursday, and Toronto is in Hamilton to play on Friday. Get used to those two teams playing. They played last week. Uh, They also have the Labor Day series coming up. They're going to play four games against each other in their next five. They'll be sick of each other, and we'll probably be sick of watching them play each other moving forward over the next uh, month. But it is the Elks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Saturday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Big night. Big night for the franchise. Obviously, in the little picture of this season, it's a huge game, and the Elks pretty much have to win it. They're getting into that must-win category of their season right now. But as far as the franchise goes, they're going to honor three legends as they will put three more names up on the wall of honor, uh, bringing the total to 41 names on the wall. Uh, On Saturday night, they will honor Joe Holloman, Ed Jones, and Jim German. If you want to be there, you can head to Ticketmaster and get your tickets. You can head to GoElks.com for all your ticket information, not only for this game, but for other games moving forward as well. Elks and the Riders on Saturday night. And if you're not going and you can't go, we got it for you here on 6.30. Chad, 8 o'clock starts, 6.30 for the countdown to kick off the Elks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. When we come back, we'll head to Regina and check in and find out just what's wrong with the Riders right now. That and more coming up on the Elks this week on 630 Chet. Well, if you were in Regina in the 80s, you knew that sound. Queen City Kids. I'm a graduate of Tom Collegiate in Regina, and uh, the year I graduated, uh, the Queen City kids were big news, as is Murray McCormick, who's always big news in Regina, the uh, football writer for the Regina Leader Post. you remember the Queen City kids, Murray? Sure. I'm not from Regina, though, but I remember them growing up in Ontario. Oh, yeah, they were big names, big band. That song gets me pumped. I'm ready to rock. Yes, indeed. They were uh, They were, uh, yeah. There were some good, uh, good tunes coming out of the Queen City kids in the 80s, and then they kind of just... For me, anyway, just fell yeah. off the map. I don't know how uh, if they're if they're still doing anything now or how long they lasted, but uh, yeah, they were certainly big in the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, right now in Regina, as we talk with uh, Murray McCormick, the uh, football writer for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Regina Leader Post. Uh, riders are struggling a little bit. Before we talk about the Riders, though, Murray, I know the last game Saskatchewan played was their third loss in a row, and they lost to the BC Lions. You got a first-hand look at Nathan McKin- uh, Nathan uh, Rourke. Uh, we saw him on Saturday night and. Man, this kid's the real deal, isn't he? He kept me up. Again, I hate to say that a second game of a doubleheader when it's a team the Riders aren't going to play really. Kind of, I don't usually get to the bitter end, but I just kept watching that game to see what that kid was going to do next. And really, all we had to do was watch him in the first half. And he's amazing. Like I just, I can't believe they. they he said, "Can you imagine they stayed around to the second round of the draft?" You know, to pick him and no one, no one even thought of taking him before that to see what he's doing. But 
I don't know who who could stop him right now. I don't want to. I know the Elks are in the position to do that, but yeah. that was he just. It's just. It's and it's and it's isn't it kind of fun to watch too? You're kind of cheering for him if you can, because you want to just see this kid keep going on and doing the things he's doing. And what I kind of like in our little mixed up world, he's about an eighty thousand year quarterback, which is weird. But they spent the money in other positions at the receivers, mm-hmm. and their receivers are so good that this kid, young man, is just getting the opportunity to throw to these high, high officials. I don't think a lot of teams could afford to have all those receivers if they were paying their quarterback what they normally pay quarterbacks in the $400,000 range for a start of his capabilities. But, boy, it's, it's, it's a good team, too. And I don't think, you know, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to lose to the Lions before this season's over. I, I, I've been waiting for them to kind of take a step back and fall off a little bit, yeah. and, and Rourke too, but it's just not happening. He just seems to be getting better and better. The stat that really stands out for me from the game in Vancouver on Saturday night, he threw five touchdown passes in the game, and he had three incompletions. That's, I'm with you. So I noticed that number today. Boy, Marley, you and I are on the same page on this one. I'm just astounded by that number. That just blows me away that he can do it. He can be that accurate. The two teams that we watch, the Riders and the Elks, he's beaten them in their last two games now, and he's thrown nine incompletions in those two games. Uh, his accuracy is unbelievable. Chris Jones, uh, we played a little bit earlier tonight, said it's one of the finest performances he's ever seen in his time in the Canadian Football League, that game on Saturday night. That's how good he was. So, Kid's going to get a lot of money from somebody sooner or later. He's not, he ain't going to be working on the cheap, cheap contract for long. No. It was the best first half I think I've seen a quarterback play. In my, in my following the league, I can't think of a better first half than that one. Man, that was something. How bad the Elks were, too, which is something, too. But. <laughs> All <laughs> right, weather. let's talk about the team you watch every day, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, they're 4-4. Four and four. They jumped out to a 4-1 and one start to the year. They've lost three in a row. What's wrong with the Riders right now? Well, I think you can really, and I hate, we're going to start with injuries. You can start right at the beginning of the season when Shaq Evans arguably was looking to build off his 2019 season and broke his leg. And it just sort of started. He had injuries from there, injuries on the offensive line. Uh, Micah Tights gets hurt early in the season. He doesn't even get to start the season. He was their nominee for the for their outstanding Canadian last year at linebacker. And the injuries just kept piling up. Pete Robertson goes down, a guy who's was, who was on pace, I think he's still high up in the league in sacks, even though he hasn't played in four weeks. There's just more injuries on top of the injuries and stuff. And I think that's that's been the whole thing, especially to the receiving core. And suspensions have also kind of worn into that scene. This Garrett Marino stuff, it's been quiet for a little while now. People, But his game four of his suspension is Saturday against the Elks, and he'll be back the next week. I think so. That's going to be that'll that'll be another distraction. That'll be kind of them. But I, I really think it's injuries, injuries, and perhaps one of the worst offensive lines I've seen a team play with since last year when the Riders had a really bad offensive line. They just a, you know they getting a ton of sacks, but giving up a ton of sacks too. Yeah, that's just and they're just the tackles are so they're just struggling right now. You know, the offensive line. It's really they always expect us to know it's a good offensive line. Is we we know what a good one is. They just this one, their tackles just don't seem to be able to hold anybody up there. And I don't know if I'm not quite sure what the Evans and Elks defensive line is like, but I, I'm assuming it's not the most dominant one around. So they, they may not have, they may not be as 
there's much of an opportunity against the the Riders. But the offensive line has got to get, and they've got to give Cody Fajardo some time. Like everyone knows now, and it's it's kind of weird. He's been so open about this knee injury, other than telling us exactly what it is a damaged medial medial collateral ligament. But he's just told us everything about it. It's just it's so weird that even Chris Jones is a lower body injury and upper body. General, we the CFLs clean that up now, but. I think this knee injury to Cody is far has impeded him more, even more than people thought. I, I really don't know if this bye week is going to give him a whole lot of chance to heal up. I think it's going to be one of these things. As long as he can play through the pain, he'll play through the pain. But he's not the same Cody Fajardo he was, the one who would be able to run the ball, be able to you know kind of yeah. do those I call them the Fajardian spinorama moves we used to see him do. Yeah. And he, that's he the thing. If that's where he, that's his bread and butter move, right? To get out of trouble, and then he can either find a receiver or he can take off himself. But he just doesn't seem to have have the power to push off and spin and and take off like he has been. Like we all know people that have had knee injuries, and they talk about how much pain is in a knee injury. And you see, when he gets hit and he gets up, like especially, I was thinking of the touchdown Atlantic game. He got nailed by Sean Oakman. I think that's the name. And then he, he just watched him in white pain from the field because he was so close to the action. Just imagine how much pain that, that guy was in and what he's doing to play through it. So he he talked a lot about coming back out of the bye week, refreshed, refocused, uh, regenerated, all all the reasons you can talk about that maybe he can do that, but I don't I don't I don't think a damaged MCL comes back from just having eight days off. I still think he's he's gonna have to live with that and uh, Craig Dickinson said there's no surgery in his future today, he said on one of the radio programs I listened to this afternoon. He's a writer, head coach, and so obviously it's something they can just heal with time, but there's no time now because they're, you know, they're <laughs> not that far ahead of the Elks right now, and they've just, yeah. you know, they've got a tough, tough, tough schedule ahead of them because, you know, they're the only team that's lost to East Division teams up in the West. They're over claim to fame, so they, they've got a, a long run against West Division teams now, and it's you know, they only have two home games. So it, this is a tough team to say back. I think we almost seem funny back. Yeah, I thought at the beginning of the season they had a chance at a great cup run, being the home team in the great cup. And now we're talking crossover and not even at Labor, Labor Day yet. So things have really changed quickly here. <laughs> And it's going to be a big game on Saturday for sure. Uh, more important for the Elks, I think, than it is for the Riders, but obviously a big game. Murray uh, McCormick from the Regina Leader Post. Thanks for your time tonight, man. Appreciate it. I look forward to giving you a big hug when you get here this weekend. Sure, we didn't have we kind of had to cut our hug short the last time I was there, but I'll find time to wrap our arms around each other. Good talking nice. to you again. Anytime. Right. Nice, I like it. All right, Murray, thanks, man. Have a great time. Uh, well, have a great trip here. We'll see you on the weekend. That is uh, Murray McCormick uh, from the Regina Leader Post, and we go from Murray to Dave Campbell, who joins us now. And we got—I'm sorry, Dave—we got just a couple minutes to talk here, but we're, we're talking with Murray about the the game and the Riders. And man, from both sides, as I said, this is a pretty big football game coming up Saturday night. Well, it is a big football game for sure. I mean, th- we we heard what from the Riders' perspective, they gotta they gotta shake off a three game losing streak. Um, and I think more people are surprised at what's happening in Saskatchewan than maybe they're ha- what's happening here in Edmonton. I think the importance for for the Elks is definitely standings wise. If they win, they're two points back of the Riders, and then that that gets interesting. And then they go to Ottawa, and then come here, so they have a home and home with the with the worst team in the CFL in the in the Red Blacks. But for me. I think the more important when you talk about the process of this team becoming a better football team is shaking off what was a terrible loss. I mean, 
it's one thing to slough that loss off in week one in BC, but to do it in week nine. And I think, yeah. you know, when we talked to Chris Jones after the game, I think there's uh, a resignation or just a, a su- some surprise that it it happened again the way it did. And and the one comment that resonates with me is we, this team, ha- we got to find a way to be better in adverse moments. And, you know, you fumble the ball twice in the first five minutes, you kind of weather it. I mean, you allow the first touchdown, you score to tie the game on a really good scoring drive from Taylor Cornelius, five for five and a great touchdown throw to Kenny Lawler for 19 yards. And then you just completely cave in after that. Confidence of the defense just went down. The confidence of the whole team just went down. And of course, 37 points in that uh, run of six straight drives uh, scored by or scoring drives by the, uh, the Lions. So for me, the process of becoming a better football team uh, is still ongoing. Uh, it was a setback on Saturday. But for the standings and the process, they really got to find a way to, to come up with a better performance on Saturday. Sure do. All right, Dave, you can hear the music too. That means we're out of time. Sorry, buddy. I will uh, see you at practice tomorrow. You betcha. Thanks. All right, uh, Dave Campbell, color analyst on Elks Broadcast here on 630. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to Murray McCormick from the Regina Leader Post as well. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy, for guiding us through the last half hour. Uh, don't forget, Elks and Riders. Uh, on the radio, 8 o'clock uh, for game time, 6.30 for the countdown to kick off. You can go to the game, too, and celebrate the Wall of Honor inductees. Head to Ticketmaster or GoElks.com. My name is Morley Scott. I will see you tomorrow morning on 6.30 Chet Mornings with uh, Chelsea and Daryl. Have a great night, everybody. And I-